Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, Cincinnati Reds, and Big Time Rush. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. All righty, it is Dylan joined alongside Harry. And as we promised you, we're going to be breaking down the second game of the Cincinnati Reds versus New York Mets series. This one, not a ton to really talk about. So this might be kind of a short episode as the Mets took care of business again. They won six to two home runs from Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil, as well as solid pitching from Carlos Carrasco. The Reds did get some offense from Jake Fraley, hit a two run homer. And I think Mike Miner gave the performance we were sort of expecting him to give which was five and a third innings. He gave up four runs, two homers, and his ERA still sits at 6.4. I'll start off with the big story on Orange that Francisco Lindor hit 20 homers today with his home run in the, what inning did he hit it in? Hit it in third inning. And he is now just the first Met shortstop in franchise history to have two 20 home run seasons, which was shocking when I first heard it, considering Jose Reyes was with the franchise for a long amount of time. But it is true Lindor is the first shortstop to hit 20 homers twice in his Mets career, as well as he's now just three away from his Drupal Cabrera's franchise record for a shortstop in a season. But Harry, I'll turn it over to you because you want to talk about your shortstop, Jose Barrero, Mike Miner, and anything else you want to say about the Reds in today's game. Yeah, so this is a rather uninspiring game just all around. It was quite a doozy. Nothing incredibly exciting he got behind early and kind of stayed that way you talked about Mike Miner he just did kind of what we've come to expect from Mike Miner one of the most head-scratching moves of the offseason we knew it all along and traded Amir Garrett for a guy who is worth eight million dollars more even though you traded Jesse Winker in a move just so you could cut payroll it never made sense anyway and we kind of knew we were getting out of Mike Miner you know five innings Four earned runs, never looked in control at all. Couldn't strike guys out, except, you know, Pete Alonso was his first strikeout, which you Pete know, is just ice cold right now. Baseball is for you. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, of course, sometimes the worst players can strike out some of the best. And, you know, that's a nice life lesson for you. The relievers, nobody really exciting. Sess is kind of just hasn't been himself this season. Joel Cunell is like just not that good at baseball. <laughs> On the offensive front, you saw a lot of guys who – a lot of the veterans had nice games. Donovan Solano had two hits, same with Kyle Farmer. Austin Romine finally providing the Reds with a half-decent backup catcher, and so no longer are we going to have to deal with Mike Papierski playing every single day because, oh, my God, I don't think I would be able to live any longer if he did. <laughs> um, Jake Fraley an, hit 439-foot nuke to – give the team at least some life and make the game close at one point. And then, you know, we kind of got shut down bases loaded, but that's neither here nor there. Um, The guy that, you know, we all have been watching as Reds fans, Jose Barrero didn't really have a great performance. His first, all three of his at-bats just were strikeouts, all swinging. The big problem with him is he's just swinging away too many pitches outside the zone. He has a 50% 
outside zone swing rate, which means that 50% of the pitches that are thrown to him outside the zone, he does chase. And that's a number that is far higher than has been at any other point of his career. Generally, he kind of stays around 30%, which still isn't great, but much better than what he's at now. He just kind of needs to settle down. Um, granted, Carlos Carrasco absolutely dominated the team, but just it, it was a little struggling offensively. Absolutely should not have been subbed out for Leo Lopez in a super high leverage situation. But, you know, that's a poor mismanagement by David Bell for you. And I'm nothing else I can really say on that front. Defensively, Barrera looks solid. Um, but yeah, just a real doozy today, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I think there's well, a lot of positive. You said that Miner wasn't in control, the sort of exact opposite with Carlos Carrasco. I know he did give up two runs, but he struck out nine guys, only allowed one walk. His ERA is down to three points. Yeah, his ERA is down to 3.76 because I mentioned that because Jack and I made a nice little bet at the beginning of this season that I said that four Mets pitchers would have an ERA under four. And at the time, I made the prediction that it was going to be Jake, it was going to be Max, it was going to be my Cy Young Award pick, Tyler McGill, and it was going to be Chris Bassett. Harry, now that we are on April, August 10th, how many Mets pitchers do you think have an ERA under four? Starting pitchers. That's a good question. Um, I think it could be four, but you just switch out McGill for Carrasco. So the answer is we're actually That's at just... six. Wow. All six Mets starting pitchers from Jake, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco, and David Peterson. Surprisingly, my guy Tyler McGill is not in there, but all six starting pitchers that the Mets are running out there right now have sub four ERAs. And I know Jack will definitely question if Jacob Agromley makes 10 starts this year and his ERA is sitting at 1-4. Does he really count? But I don't know. We'll see. I'm currently sitting very comfortable because the Mets starting pitching has been the strength of this team. I'll echo what I said yesterday and that the Mets are going to go into every single game where their starting pitcher is just as good, if not better than the opponent. And I think we have the same thing tomorrow where you said it's TJ Zoic is pitching for the Reds tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah. He's yep. You just, a, yeah, he's a career <laughs> triple a guy. He yeah. had a nice no hitter in the minor leagues three years ago, but you know, that was kind of the pinnacle of his career. We're just, it's not going to be pretty tomorrow. And <laughs> it, tomorrow, it just isn't, especially facing Walker. Tomorrow's a good day for Taiwan Walker to bounce back. I know he struggled in his last start. Oh, didn't get out of the second inning. Not going to call the Reds a sort of pillow team or sort of a bounce back start, but this is definitely a go get right, go give us six innings of two run ball against the Cincinnati Reds. And we'll be <laughs> presenting team happy. that is, then it's tough. <laughs> And then, of course, the Mets will then go on to Philadelphia, where they will play the red-hot Philadelphia Phillies, who have now won, I believe it is, and let me get this straight, they have won six consecutive games, so don't look now, but the Philadelphia Phillies are now just three games behind the Atlanta Braves for second place in the NL East. A couple of notes we would like to say about the league, just so we're still the MLB podcast and not just the Reds and the Mets. Miles Michaelis, I really hope you didn't have him on your fantasy team today. He pitched two innings and gave up 14 runs at Coors Field. Juan Soto hit his first. Honestly, probably the brightest spot for the Reds, to be honest. <laughs> Miles Michaelis blew up. Nothing on our team, but just glad to see our rival at least sharing some of the pain. <laughs> hey, the Reds are only 16 games out, and it's a three-way tie between the Cubs and the Pirates following today's game. So things are about to get wild in the NL Central there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Juan Soto did hit his first home run with the Padres, so he snapped their 23 
consecutive scoreless innings. I don't know what inning it happened exactly in, but I know they came into today with 23 consecutive scoreless innings. That's finally broken for them. The New York Yankees, at the time that we're recording this, they're currently tied the ninth inning, I believe, with the Seattle Mariners. That was a great pitching matchup between Garrett Cole and Luis Castillo and lived up to that. So obviously, you'll hear from Jack and James soon talking about how Garrett Cole did. The Atlanta Braves won again, so they're going to stay seven games behind the Mets. And we're also going to give a special shout out to a former big league reliever named Nelson Figueroa. Does that name sound any bit familiar to you, Harry? I'm not going to lie, it does not. So that is probably because Nelson Figueroa bounced around the league a lot and most notably played for the Mets for a handful of seasons, bounced between the regular rotation and AAA. Figueroa is now 48 years old, and he's the pitching coach for the new Staten Island Ferry Hawk team, which is out in Staten Island in New York. And they are sort of this fun team, new. They're managed by Met legend Edgardo Alfonso playing in the independent league. So it's a good, good environment. They apparently had a doubleheader today that they weren't expecting, and they did not have a second starting pitcher. So seeing that Mr. Figueroa of a young 48 years old is their pitching coach, and this is the independent leagues, and if you haven't checked out our interview with Ryan Whithorn, which is a couple episodes below this one of the Missoula Paddleheads, where he talks about his experience as their hitting coach, and all of a sudden their second baseman got hurt, and he had to play second base, Harry, I think you know where this story is going and that Nelson Figueroa at 48 years old took the mound today for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks and pitched a complete game. So his arm is going to be hanging, but he pitched a complete game today in their doubleheader. We won't mention the fact that he gave up 10 runs in that complete game, but Nelson Figueroa figured we'd give him a nice little shout out here, return to the mound, and he will now have the next 20 to 30 years for his arm to recover after not pitching for 10 years and now having to throw a complete game for the Fairy Hawks. But definitely a fun lot fact. of fun. Yes. Fun fact about Nelson Figueroa, after a quick Google search, he <laughs> spent the 2013 to 2014 season in Taiwan playing for the Uni President 7-Eleven Lions. And that is maybe the most interesting name of a baseball team I have ever heard. And I've been a, to multiple Florida Fire Frogs games. And yeah, the 7-Eleven lines, fantastic. I'm already <laughs> a fan. So shout out to Nelson Figueroa. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to say, you know what? I'm going to pitch at 48 years old and take the mound and did a pretty decent job of actually completing the full game. And we give him all the props in the world. And what this sounds like is, Nelson Figueroa would be a great guest for us to have on Side Retired. So if this somehow gets to Nelson Figueroa, we want you on the podcast and we want to have you on to talk about that experience as well as as a Mets fan here. Let's go Mets. Would love to have Nelson on to talk about his time in the Mets organization. I think he also did some post game for SNY for a little bit as well for a couple of years before he's now with the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, but definitely a fun and interesting career that we're discovering. And we'd love to have him on the podcast. So Let's see, Harry. We're going to put that in motion. We're going to see if we can figure that out. But speaking of existence, yes, speaking of exactly, someone on this podcast who's listening to it right now has to know Nelson Figueroa and help us get this done. But again, the New York Mets continue to roll. They've won 14 of their last 15 games to now improve to 72 and 39, which is crazy to think about. The Reds are now 44 and 65. Again, they've got a double or just a regular game tomorrow during the day. We'll see if we're going to do a third episode. But again, if there's not that much to talk about, we'll probably skip out on it. But Harry, unless there's anything else you want to throw in. 
Yeah. yeah. As poor as this Cincinnati baseball club has been, that was just our second series loss in the past nine that we've played. Fun Look fact. And I don't know how the Yankees lost this <laughs> team. I, I'm searching for it, but it's just ugh, Mike Miner. Hey, man. <laughs> We're a magical team. I don't know what to tell you. The Consider- power, I don't Hunter Green was supposed guy. to start tomorrow. That's what I'm most disappointed that no disrespect to Mr. TJ Zoik, but I was expecting to go to City Field and you can as well if you use the promo code side retired pod in all capitals on SeatGeek.com, you get $20 off your first order of $50 or more. But I was expecting to see Hunter Green and his 103 mile an hour fastball at City Field. And instead, I've got TJ Zoik. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a downgrade in the hype factor. Just a little bit. The Yankees apparently did not score in the top of the ninth inning. DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, and Andrew Benatendi all struck out in a row. So we're going to the bottom of the ninth inning there. I'm sure you can go check out our Twitter and our Instagram and our YouTube at Side Retired Pod to get our instant reaction of what happens there at the end of that game, for better or for worse. But for Dylan and Harry, unless there's anything else you want to throw in. I'm all right. I'm all good. All right. So, of course, go check out our interview. Savannah Bananas head coach Tyler Gillum hopped on the podcast yesterday with us. So that is right below this one, as well as we have a great interview happening tomorrow that'll probably get released on Friday. And then we're going to be talking to Mets prospect Tom Hackenware about his Tommy John surgery recovery. So those are two great interviews, as well as a bunch of others from last week. So there's a lot of content above and below this episode for you to check out. So until the next time, for Dylan, Harry, as well as our regular co-hosts, Jack and James, the side is retired.